Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, Brian. We were right, Mike. We were right. We were the most right. Is that true? We'll talk about that coming up. to the glue guys this is mike here silo brian check us out on twitter at bk glue guys netsdaily.com the athletic get yourself by the paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys a subsidiary of the new york times Brian, my goal kyrie arbeg is back Woo! on a thinly veiled Woo! probationary <laughs> Player option. We got him, Mike. We played. <laughs> we played hardball. Clean sweep. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did it. Uh, yes. This is our day late emergency pod. I apologize. It was my anniversary yesterday. Wow. Ky- Kyrie is such an evil person. No, just Kyrie was so um, inconsiderate your, of us normal people that he your... messed up our anniversary. <laughs> but um, I can see you're still in the haunted lake. That's beautiful. Yeah, so we are we have relocated to our compound in upstate New York, and so for the YouTube audience, you'll get a great shot of this um, absolutely terrifying bedroom. Big that I'm big recommend in. for a movie you never watch. Um, <laughs> Not a scary movie. <laughs> wait, wait. Now I can't even remember the name of it. It's like Lake the House, Unwatchables. <laughs> God, I gotta look it up now. So we, yeah, Jesus. we were joking with Mina Kimes, friend of the show, about doing a podcast series called The Unwatchables, and it's just. Uh, like the rewatchable Nighthouse for the ringers. Nighthouse is what it's called. Already said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> yeah. as we. I'm, no, it's good. Like it's like what lies beneath, but a little bit more. It's good. You'll like it. It's what lies beneath her. It's what, um, yeah. yeah. Hi oh, that's what she said. Let's not bring the lead, uh, Mike. We got news. Kyrie Irving has graciously continued to grace us with his presence. He has opted in to his one-year deal. Um. With the Nets, he is back. It seems like KD is back. Ben Simmons is still posting uh, <laughs> local photos within Brooklyn. The Nets are back, baby. The Nets are back. He's just making um, his rounds with another, a new pack of school children, <laughs> just <laughs> leading him from park to park. Okay, yeah. that doesn't sound that big. All right. That doesn't All right. sound well, as good. I, as who it, did that? I, did I do that or did you do that? You Mike? did that. You All did right. that. It does lead him from pack to pack. Okay, here's. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, you know, we'll get to the heart of the the meat of the issue, the heart and the meat of the issue at the very beginning. And then we're going to do winners and losers of this opt-in-a-get-in, mm-hmm. the Kyrie saga that was. And, of course, the whole time, I mean, I, I, I'll start with this. Does this feel like the situation is settled? No. Like, are you, are you no. at a place of comfort and understanding where we are? 
Or are you like, there's like eight more shoes to drop. There's an octopus level amount of shoes to drop. There's like a, I'll put it like a 15% chance that we just come out of the gates crushing, you know, like, you know, a one seed all throughout the regular season. And then a long, deep, comforting playoff run that leads to a obvious you know resign extension for all of our best players that's that's there's a chance of that mike but um having watched the nets for 20 years now or whatever i know i know better than that mike i know better i would i would adjust that higher if it were not for all of that experience that i have so um it doesn't feel like like it's a closed book to your point this is a massive win for josiah and sean mark huge right like in an unbelievable in modern NBA times, and I mean modern as in like the I don't know, like the LeBron era, yeah. where there's player movement. The uh, you know players run however they want to go in the league. They can decide where they want to play. This is the rare circumstance. I think it's the only circumstance where a guy as good as Kyrie was told by management, uh, "We're not giving you money." Yeah, and then he was allowed to go search for a new home. And then those other people were like, yeah, we're not going to give you money either. This, this is like unprecedented in the, modern NBA history. This does feel like the, I don't know if you read Matt Sullivan's book, but it was the, you know, the whole arc of it is about the player empowerment movement from start to finish. And it starts with the LeBron, you know, announcement to Miami. And then uh, it sort of like ends with the, the that era of the, the first KD Kyrie year of, of Brooklyn Nets. And, the um, dynasty that was promised. Right? Yeah, yes. the dynasty. Yes, and this feels like a more uh, fulfilling sort of end chapter to that kind <laughs> of <laughs> to, to that part of the hypothesis or whatever. It's like, in some ways, this has been a a big referendum on the player empowerment movement. As like players kind of creep their way into more managerial positions while they're actually playing, is that you know how how is there any way to push back on it? Is it worth it to push back? I mean, the, the jury is not out on, is it worth it? I guess ultimately, but like this is at least one, one clear moment in time where there has been significant pushback and we'll see if that's better or worse because that's not decided. But um, one data point, one lone data point out there <laughs> in, in the pushing back against the player empowerment movement, which, you know, we're agnostic about, we're just here watching from the side. We got a podcast. We're here to talk about it. Player empowerment, managerial empowerment whatever don't care just here to watch but you know because people on twitter like you know like about like you know rooting for management is lame it's like we're not really rooting for management it's just like you know we're a fan of the team and we just want what's best for the team it happens to be that in this one case uh it seems like a little bit of what we're thinking is in alignment with what they're thinking in that like Kyrie does need a little bit of pushback at some point he just needs a little pushback and and again, this is a huge win for the Nets overall. Now, there's a lot that can go wrong. You know, we can get into that, right? Like Kyrie could possibly, he says, see you in the fall. I will wait till he sees us in the fall. Like Kyrie is very much the personality that could completely use this <coughs> as the reason why he doesn't need to show up to play basketball games on a consistent basis. Of course, though, that would tank his future value. I mean, ultimately, if he wants that commitment, he wants that four or five year max, whatever it is. Like him playing basketball games is going to help him get that, and him being um, a protester in terms of basketball, um, abstaining and boycotting basketball, won't help him. This is a huge win for the Nets, but the, it is it is like we're still going to kind of there's going to be some not negativity, but 
yeah. uh, critiquing and criticism within this episode because it is so bizarre. Yeah, this whole scenario <clears throat> that had to play out. Do you think that there's like any part of is is there is is any amount of this reality check felt by Kyrie on any level? Like the fact that they you know went out for I guess a day and like you know called some some other teams and like that didn't you can pan say, out. Can you say your joke <laughs> on Twitter that I was afraid that Mike, was a little personal? Mike but called I, me in a sweaty panic over my tweet about. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, we're gonna do some uh, impromptu glue guys theater coming oh, up. We are on this episode. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, he called me in a sweaty panic because I tweeted out that uh, it was like shout out to and uh, to Kyrie's stepmom for having exactly zero other NBA execs numbers in her phone, <laughs> which which is helpful uh, if, you know, you're wanting to retain Kyrie Irving on a player option, but not give him an extension. It's just helpful. That's all. And I think we need to articulate this point. When a guy like Kyrie, who has that decision to opt in or opt out, and then the team, the Brooklyn Nets, allows that player to say, you say, go out there, find yourself a deal, and maybe we'll make a trade with that team. Right, it then becomes almost like the player is trading himself. Yeah, and Kyrie's having his stepmom, who is not an NBA agent. I mean, she is now officially. Yeah, it damages. It could be if Kyrie picked up, if he had Warren Buffett as his agent. It's nothing to do with it being a stepmom. It just is like an outsider to the overall area. Like if he had a typical agent, yeah, Rich Ball, Leon Rose when he was with CAA. They could have figured all this out many, many weeks ahead of time, and it would have been done. Yeah, I think I think it damaged Kyrie to have an unusual situation. Sure, no shots at family, no love sh- family, no sh- love, love family, love. You know, and and in this case, it did. Actually, I hate family. No. <laughs> Whoa, Mike! Another there goes another. I always sympathize with the villains in Fast and Furious. There goes hate another family. onion layer. Jesus, flying off. They're flying <laughs> off. Um, yeah, in this case, it would definitely would have benefited the the rich Pauls of the world. They would have had a few drinks with you know Vivek over the years and uh, and known where to land them. So um, there's Kyrie <laughs> probably would be in Philly right now of all places. I mean, yeah. If we we're gonna, it, it would probably be and the Tobias Harris would be a Brooklyn Nets. A lot of good. What memes. a world. Anyways, you asked a question that I had. A, I was going to ask you too, which is: Is this a wake up call for Kyrie? I don't think so. Like I don't think. There's any ounce of him that thinks I need to change my ways. I think maybe there's a chip on the shoulder. I think that the contractual situation that Kyrie finds himself in, where he's stuck to a one-year deal, he surveyed around the league to see if people wanted him. It seems like the only team that he wanted and wanted him were the Lakers, which are in a more desperate situation than the Nets are even. You know, I'm sure if Kyrie was... And so the thing is also is like next offseason, there's more cap space for a lot of teams. So there's more of an opportunity to for him to find that money. But I would think it should be. It's not, but it should be pretty startling that someone as good as Kyrie was basically like to the rest of the NBA. Hey, I'm available. I will play. I'll maybe even do the mid-level exception, but I'll play and then you can give me my contract. And everyone, all 29 other teams were like, we're good. You know, we're, we are quite good. So do you think it's a wake-up call for Kyrie? Or do you think um, he's going to continue being uh, a normal person or a different thinker? Well, he's definitely not going to be – I mean, per his announcement, that's off the table. So, I mean, and who would want a normal – I mean, I don't even – normies are the worst, Mike. I mean, and I don't mean that as an, <laughs> an offense to you. I don't take that personally. Because- I, I am – 
the most normcore <laughs> in the world. So but, I, I really, but part of what, what being a, an exceptional normie for you is that there's again, many layers to your onion. The, the normie facade is <laughs> it's, we all, we see the right it's a mask you. I put on yeah. in, in deep down. I'm just a, you're a disturbed person. Um, yes, and so, uh, wait, what was the question? Um, uh, it, it, is this a wake up call for Kyrie? Um, I want to, I want to say yes. By the way, just for the record, Brian rolled back his eyes deeper into his skull than I've ever seen, <laughs> trying to find the answer to this one. Um, <laughs> Poltergeisted. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, this is again, putting on my dime store psychologist hat, which I haven't taken off. I don't think in years now, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, he seems to be to my ear and eyes, um, ears and eyes, particularly spite driven. So I, I, I feel like this is just, another landmine waiting. I hate to say it. And I know that people don't want to hear this because this is a day for celebration. This is everyone's should be happy and we'll celebrate, but we're we're going to celebrate. We're going to pop the bottles and it's a, it's a definite win for everybody. And I hope, I really hope it does feel like, okay, maybe like I do need to sort of at at least, you know, um, as you're saying this, I'm laughing. I know. (laughs) Tiptoe chance that he's going to take any of this to heart. Tiptoe into these pressers a little bit differently with a little bit like less aggro. You're all puppets and pawns energy. Like here's what there's no way like classically in the NBA's relationship, NBA players relationship with the media. What we would see in three months time is like a big meaty feature from Kevin Arnovitz or Jackie McMullen talking about the new Kyrie how this was a wake-up moment for him, and he's rededicating himself to basketball, that he's had a tough few years, the pandemic really affected everyone. Mm -hmm. Like That would definitely be within that story, and that Kyrie's ready to refocus on basketball, kick ass, win a championship. That would be what would usually happen. But Kyrie is not going to do that. He doesn't think he did any... He doesn't think he's ever done anything wrong, ultimately, and he, he in no way... He thinks he's being persecuted in some form or fashion. That he is a leader, he's an outside the box thinker, and that the system, the system's trying to is aligning against him, and yeah. he is wrong. He is wrong. When, but hey, he's got Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's tough being super duper anti-establishment all the time, three hundred sixty degrees, because occasionally. Uh, the establishments do do pay your your bills. Um, that, that's yeah. the thing. The establishment ultimately just wants to give you two hundred fifty million dollars yeah. if you play basketball. Like that's all the establishment wants in this case. And look, you want to live in a cabin in the woods, wipe your ass at two hundred fifty million dollars. I'm here for it. I'm here for that, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. But the combination of maximizing every cent plus being anti-establishment that's where you're going to get some conflict, Mike. That's where the rubber hits the road a bit. Kyrie thinks he's like in squid like he he thinks the NBA is squid game like he thinks that he's being put through a torturous murderous situation in order to get that piggy bank of money at the top of their bunk bed room that they lived in in the squid game and really what the NBA is is Brewster's millions they're just giving away cash there they're just like here's money and if you spend more money and do the thing you're supposed to do which in Brewster's case was to spend all of his money You'll get more money. And and that's but here's the thing is they're gonna call you an establishment, you know, bootlicker, Mike, with that kind of mentality. Cause <laughs> that's how you get, you know, you know, all this all the Nike deals, all the dip, but you gotta you gotta um, you know, toe the the company line. And that's that's part of where I get the other part of the rubber hits the road with 
anti-establishment, you know, stuff. You don't want to carry those um, messages. I just want to put out a funny quote before we go to break. This is what Kyrie said right after the season. Okay, this is about his role within the franchise. When I say I'm here with Kevin, I think that it really entails us managing this franchise together along Joe Sy and Sean Marks and just our group of family members that we have in our locker room and our organization. Oh, boy. Boy. Oh that, that was part of, I didn't even see that. That was part of the same announcement. The, no, that was that was what he said right after the season. Oh. Remember when he had his yeah, press yeah. conference and they're like, "Are you going to be back?" And he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to manage the franchise with Kevin Durant." Well, yeah, that didn't happen. Let's go to break. Come back. We'll talk much okay. more about Kyrie Irving. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back, Brian. Okay. Um, do you want to do Glue Guys Theater? You want to jump? You want to do winners and losers? <sighs> Coin toss. I mean, we'll get, let's we can do let's do winners and losers. Let's get the fans involved. Okay. Winners and losers. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. This is our thumb title. I was like, we need to intro. Need winners and losers. We have some great emails, and I have some of my own. Winners and losers from <clears throat> Opt In Again. Okay. Winners and do, losers. Do you have Let's drops? just go with the email first. Do you have drops? No, absolutely. No, 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 no late drops. Vibes. No late drops. Yeah. You're in the night house. Um, first up is true boy, um, Ed, Eddie Carson. Eddie Carson. I'm not going to do Eddie. that. I can't do the whole thing. You guys deserve better, but Mike said it's haunted lake house. So okay. what can I do? Um, so, you know, Ed Carson understood the assignment and he just went right down the line here. Winners, Christian Winfield. Shams, Woj, Winhorst, NBA content creators in general. Mike, that's... Shout out to you and me. That's us. The glue um, guys. They all did their jobs and got their clicks. Yeah, boy. Um, <laughs> actually, we didn't. <laughs> weirdly, weirdly light on the clicks for... Anyways, to, well, the pod did well. The YouTube had got part of a weird algorithm, I think. We'll get into yeah. that later. That's for the after show. Um, uh, TV appearances, podcast content, etc. Can't really think of anyone else who benefited from this saga. Losers. Nets fans. Nets Twitter. I would say Nets fans maybe Nets Twitter definitely. Nets Twitter was firing off take after take, Mike. And they got um they got fucking BTFO'd. Uh you'd think as a twenty plus year Nets fan, I'd be used to this, but like everyone, I've been doom scrolling nonstop for the past week. Also, someone needs to remind Nets Twitter, we all root for the same team. Uh, incomplete, but trending towards losers. Kai, KD, Marks, Sai. <laughs> I say incomplete because this will all depend on how next season plays out. Seems like the Nets won the battle, but the war is far from over. All four of these men are letting their egos blind them from the fact that what's best for all of them is to work together. Um, so it goes on. But thank you, Eddie Carson. Um, Mike, do you agree that, uh, that Nets fans and Nets Twitter were the big... 
loser holders in this? I, so I say I put it as winner social media in general, because even when Kyrie opted in and he texted Sham Sharani about it, we have to talk about this. And I have a great thread about it on Twitter. Kyrie texted this. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. Mm. I've made it my decision to opt in. See you in the fall, lowercase f, A11 even. Um, Can I see what... uh, Mike Schur, uh, the creator of Parks and Rec, The Good Place, a very smart man, tweeted out, I've been reading that text, reading that line for about a half an hour, and I still have no clue what it means. Brian, yeah, what does this mean? Can I say that this this is a little bit of a shout out to normal people? You know, like shout out to this normal. Is the pe- first time he's respected. <laughs> a normal shout person. out to normal people for um, you know keeping the world going. You know, <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout, big shout out. Hey, yeah, normal people just don't get the credit they deserve. Yeah, so big time. so pet your if you're so if you wait, identify is, Kyrie, <laughs> is he a daring to be different? <laughs> If you or identify as normal, pat yourself on the back. Just take a moment because Kyrie's giving you your your moment in the sun. Um, uh, and then the other part is, of course, it, it seems very self explanatory. Does it really? I mean, like, I. It, well, what's confusing is that Kyrie took a massive L, but yet he's claiming he, that he's a daring to be different mindset that is leading a society into the future. Yeah. Like. <laughs> He failed. Like, I don't know what he he's trying to I figure wanna out here. I want to make sure that we don't do this, Mike. I, I do want to make sure that we don't, like... That, he walked back to Daddy <laughs> like, Joe. Daddy Joe's side. Like, like, he walked back here's, with his tail between it, his legs, here's Brian. Here's what I don't want is for, like, people to be Big like... Daddy Joe. <laughs> chanting, coming down with his like, lacrosse stick and his Alibaba stock and said, Kyrie, you can come back home. Right, it's only a one night my, stay, my, my friend. My, my big it's the fear. opposite of Hotel California, it's the Hotel Brooklyn. <laughs> you can come yeah. here, but you only can stay for one night. And I'm strumming my Joe Walsh guitar. I just don't want there to be like player option <laughs> chance at TD Garden next year. You know, like that's, I don't opt want- <laughs> in, opt in. Yeah. Like I don't want this to be seen as as an L. It's that's um, and this is just me. You know, now putting on my Nets on top of my dime store psychologist hat. Now there's a Nets fan hat. There's just a Mitchell and Ness it's like an snapback Abe, Abe on Lincoln. top. <laughs> it's yeah. like Abe Lincoln size yeah. hat with a big Nets logo. Exactly. On it. And I just don't want it to be, you know, to, to further divide this thing even further <laughs> and have it being a rallying cry for other how magnanimous teams, you, fan bases. Because, you know, long like here's what the best path for it is. Kyrie, come, Kyrie comes in, plays 72 games, crushes it, and we have a nice deep playoff run, right? That would be great. <laughs> what? Stop, what? Stop, stop thinking that that's going to happen. I'm leaving the door open for it to happen, Mike. It's a new leaf. <laughs> I'm turning over a new leaf. Okay, okay. I shouldn't be so you're, um, obstinate. You're letting your onion layers show, okay? This is... You're, it's you're, very deep. You're, 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 <laughs> i got to close up these blooming onion over <laughs> yeah. here. They tightened it up. Over. You are exposed and deep fried, my friend. Um, so, but yeah. Anyways, so, I don't want it to be a Daddy like a, Joe. <laughs> what did you say to me on the phone? Tell me what he said to me on the phone. I don't remember what you're talking about. about. I, I literally don't remember what you're talking. Okay, about. I can't even. You can't even hint to what you said on uh, the phone. Okay. Oh, I know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> winners and losers: Joe Sign, Sean Marks. Oh, in your mind. And I, in my mind, Josiah and Sean Marks 
Again, unprecedented situation. An NBA superstar, former NBA champion, one of the greatest players of his generation, says to a franchise, I want all the money. And the franchise said no. And then he was like, yeah, but I want all the money. And they said no. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go find a trade. And they said, go find a trade. And he came back and was like, I'll take a year of money. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened. That was Glue Guy's theater. That is what happened. Yeah. I will say, like, you know, just as far as the negotiation goes, real credit. Real credit goes out because <clears throat> it's an art form, you know. It's it's a real art form. And and to just hold the line in the way that, that they did, there was never a wavering moment of, of you know, they, they just – I feel like they had this charted out on a calendar like three months ago, like exactly this timeline. That's how well executed. So people out there who are, you know – you can debate about what's best for the team, whether they should have done it or not. Let's assume that this is what they wanted and they got it. Credit to to Sean Marks at all for just executing at a high level on strategy and then execution, right? Fair to say? So it, it, it is tough to figure out, and I'm going to ask you this question about what would have been a better solution here. It's tough to figure out exactly what the Nets offered. Like, I think the reports were out there that the Nets offered a three-year deal on a max level, I think, which would have been opt-in for this year, a, a plus two on the but, end. So the, the, where I saw that originate from was like that Bobby Marks clip, and then it got aggregated and then spun out a million different ways. Like, I don't know if that ever came from... <clears throat> that was like part of like the popular reporting. I don't know. You can correct me if that's wrong. but No, I don't know. But uh, what we know is that they did not want to offer a full max contract, right? So that would have been five years or whatever it would have mm-hmm. been. Um they wanted him i think they were they the reporting is at least that they offered something real like they didn't just say like no just opt in right i think the solution that they were offering was an in between point between the full max and the one year opt in so i'm going to guess it's around 2 to 3 years i don't think that that's Did, what you, this is my own opinion i don't think that that's what happened but i'm just going to say that what do you think happened i think that they held the line of the player option i i think that there wasn't i, I think if you have a counter offer like that it just weakens your position Okay, I, th- I I'm only basing it on what I thought I saw, but I think you could be correct. Okay, but do you think what is a better solution, Kyrie for this one year and then having no control over him at all, or giving him three years? Maybe he's a little bit happier, but you're at more risk. What's it? What do you actually think would have been the better solution if Ky- let's say Kyrie took a three year extension? So he did this year and then two more years off of it. What what do you think would have been better? So I think that this is like a way for the Nets brass to rest back some leverage from the situation. So by him signing Nets brass balls, that's, that's what brass balls you said about it. Um, that you get to rest back some leverage in the situation. Daddy Joe. <laughs> and, and there's like, you know, by whatever it is, December um, or January, whatever the trade deadline is going to be. I don't know when, when it is, but um, there's like a very real like kind of other timeline that's now been activated about like okay like let's see what this first three to four months looks like um make sure that like any of what we've kind of been trying to demonstrate with this making you sign a player option is being felt and and that you know we don't know what goes on behind the scenes we don't know what how fractured their relationship is or isn't you know it could be very peaceable on its face and there's a lot of um no resentment just under the surface, Mike. You, know, I'm sure you know about that. Um, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell? Um, hey, I hate you. 
<laughs> and uh, so, anyways, so that it gives them the it, it puts the Nets now back in a position where they can they can control their fate a little bit more with the with the Kyrie Irving situation. So, to everyone's point, this is by no means over. It's about a you know re. Uh, just regaining a little bit of leverage as you go into next season for what you want to do with the Kyrie Irving situation. And that's not to say that there isn't going to be another extension on top of this, and there very well could be, but just puts the ball, uh, like more decision-making options in the hands of the Nets into Nets next season. Yeah, and that that's a key point. I mean, we're going to learn so much. This is the no excuses season coming up. Mm-hmm. Nothing can happen anymore that would sort of give the Nets cover like if the Nets it's not even like a championship or bust it's just that this team needs to play basketball together this is what they need to play basketball together form into a real team a real like competitive team and then try to win a champion just try to win a championship that's all they have to do yeah if they don't do that if Kyrie disappears or Kevin Durant gets hurt or Steve Nash decides he wants to play in the World Cup and doesn't want to coach, then, like, okay, then this thing is done. There's no, like, this, whatever this dynasty that never was happens, it's done. So, and and so then Kyrie can leave, the Nets would trade Kevin Durant, and they build around Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas. Yeah. If you know, and if by the trade deadline we're in like the sixth, seventh, eighth position in the East or something, it's going down. It is going down. That's yeah. That's, this this yeah. team needs to be then pretty much not blown up in terms of like they need to tank at the trade deadline, but because they don't even have their first round pick. Well, it's a swap situation, but it doesn't matter because the Rockets are going to suck. Yeah. But like in it, this is it. Like the like. How Kyrie plays, how Kevin responds to what's happening with Kyrie, does Ben Simmons play? You know, I'll, I'll bring up this tweet. We'll get back to wonders and losers sex. I know people care about this. This is from Chris Mannix at Sports Illustrated, a, a very good basketball reporter. He said this, and I appreciate the perspective, but I will not fall for it. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry. Nets need some depth. Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton would help. But if healthy, that's a team that will absolutely contend for a title. Brian, I hate this thinking right now. Mm-hmm. I know he's not a Nets fan. He's actually a Boston guy. So even if he's a if he's a journalist, he's still it's in his blood. Yeah. The the lucky the lucky cells are still in his blood. This team does not deserve any benefit of the doubt. Okay? That is a very good team, right? On paper. But this team I'm has been very good on paper for years. I'm bullish about it, but I always am, and, yeah. and we've tried to learn our lesson, Mike. We've I feel like we, this year was a, a year of growth for us personally, you and me. You know, <laughs> it just destroyed any sense of childhood fandom that yeah. was a part attached to we're, our bodies. We're grizzled was, vets now. I feel like it really happened. It's like the scene at the end of Deathly Hallows Part Two when, like, Oof. the last um, bit of Voldemort is like killed within that magical train station that Harry Potter goes to. When he dies, spoiler alert for Harry Potter. Mike, I, my brain, I just completely dissociate as soon as you say Deathly Hollows or whatever. Like, I'm just like, I just, I'll snap back when you start talking about oh, other things. So you didn't have a childhood? <laughs> Got it. Roger. Mike, we were like 20 when that came out. No, we were in elementary school. <laughs> when the movie? When, books, oh. when the books started oh, no. to come Hell out. No. Oh, I miss me with that. Books. Yeah. No books. Um, but I, that, so we could be excited, right? About Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Like we could be excited. I'm not telling people not to be excited. I'm just saying, let's not put our expectations anywhere. Let's get evidence first. Let's do an evidence based approach. 
Let's see them all show up for the preseason together. We don't know if Ben Simmons actually is going to be there. We don't know what Kyrie is going to do at all. Kevin Durant, we're pretty sure what he's going to do. Let's get there. Let's see it happen. Let's see it, the team form. And then we can get like super pumped about a championship run. Is that fair? That's fair. That's fair to me. Is that healthy? That's healthy. Um, let's do some more winners and losers from the email. Next up is Cherboy Glenn Y. Glenn Y. Um, hey, glue guys. I think our current. Glenn twi- Yunkin, governor of Virginia. Is that too? Okay, cool. Um, I think our current Twitter discourse leads us always to always planting our flag and defending one side or the other, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say everyone in this situation is at fault. Here we go, Glenn. First, on Kyrie, we wouldn't be in this situation to begin with if he wasn't liable to just disappear from the team if he gets upset about a world event. Second, Josiah and Sean Marks, the fact that they risked losing KD and Kyrie by alienating Kyrie is malpractice. Whoa, lose your license. Um, I added that. They lucked into this solution, and it still feels like this will be our last year with KD and Kyrie unless they do a ton of work mending fences this season. You can't trade away all your culture players and then take a hardline stance on culture. Lastly, on to KD. KD needs to step up as a leader. I respect that he didn't want to interfere with Kyrie's contract tra- contract talks, but there comes a time when all these leaks back and forth are detrimental to the team. If he could affect their ability to bring in new, uh, to bring in win now free agents at the vet min or mid level exceptions, this all made the Nets look bad. As a leader, KD should have gotten all the parties together and at least told everyone to keep these disagreements in house. Glad the saga is over, and so on and so forth. Huge fan. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, huge fan of you, uh, Mike. KD. Let's let's zero in on the KD part of this. Ooh, How do you feel it. about his whole role in this Michigasa? It's very interesting, right? Because the reporting we're getting that he wasn't talking to Sean Marks, that he hasn't been as active in, a, in pursuing free agents, that apparently before this season, KD would talk to agents all the time about, hey, would your guy come to Brooklyn? Would he want to come here? And all stuff. That, that apparently isn't happening. Kevin Durant had his et cetera's, the ETCs, as you call it, mm-hmm. uh, podcast appearance. And uh, he really didn't say anything. He basically was just like, we are friends. But friend, it's, a, it's his money, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to get involved, which is very weird, ultimately, if that was true, uh, because it's your basketball team. How do you assess Kevin Durant's role in all this? Of course, I should also mention the rumors that if Kyrie left, that KD would think about forcing a trade, which who knows where those are from. Um, I'm generally like okay with with KD's sort of Switzerland approach to this whole thing. Um, I don't know that there's much he can do from like this is the problem with having a pseudo managerial position. It's pseudo at when it counts, you know. <laughs> and like when you're like, approaching Paul Millsap to sign like a vet men deal, like great, cool, you're a pseudo manager. Um, but in <laughs> but in like in like moments like this, it you know that that uh, the pseudo part of the moniker drops off well and good and you kind of just fall into the ranks of being another player. Um, you know, do I f- ultimately like, that's good. You know, that's part of like the, you know, what you, that's part of, he understands that part of the role, I guess, because to get involved, it was only just going to muddy the waters, you know, further for either side. So um, I, I'm fine that he like stepped back in terms of like, you know, the messaging with negotiation stuff. Uh, as far as the leadership thing, 
I do, you know, whatever this is, this is kind of woo woo, you know, but like having two, two leaders on your team and they seem to kind of defer to each other at certain times and things like that. And they're like, they're super best buds. I don't know. It just feels like a weird leadership dynamic in general. So like to his, to Glenn Wise other point about like stepping up as leader one a, um, I don't know. I don't know what that, you know, we're not in the back back office we're on this behind the scenes so we don't know how what that actually looks like but um to a certain extent i like kind of agree with with that part of it i would like it i would like for for there to be a little bit of that that hierarchy that seems to already have naturally formed to you know be sort of like you know cemented in their minds at least because this constant like we're we're two guys who are like leading this team with management that rhetoric is it it ain't it mike as the kids say you ready for like some kind of like uh, ESPN talking head? Like, yeah, we're. Slogan. I mean, this is the whole episode is that. So let's go. Yeah, it's hard to build leadership if you're not there consistently, and neither Kyrie nor Kevin Durant have really had a consistent run with this team. Well, KD right? has a better excuse. Let's let's make sure we qualify that. Yeah, KD has a better. But what I'm still, it's been hard for him to be a leader. You know, he was really involved that first year when he was recovering from his Achilles. And he was really, you know, you would see him on the sidelines talking to guys all the time. Of course, I'd be analyzing when he stood up and I was like, oh, he's healthy. You know, like I was very, you were very into that, but he, you know, it's very hard to build leadership and consistency if you're hurt or not playing or the guy that's also supposed to be helping you lead the team is hurt or not playing. Or if then if you bring in a third star like James Harden, who is um a hedonist right what what did you call him like he's very much like what is good for me i will do what's good for me and by you know sacrifice really isn't part of his his bag no right even though it may look like he is not going to take the full max it, it, so i i actually don't really blame kevin durant at all the thing i take away from the fact that he was a little bit more laissez-faire about the Kyrie situation even though there's rumors out there that he would maybe force a trade if Kyrie left, honestly, I think really what Durant, if that was really the case, that the Nets would have given Kyrie a full max extension. Like, if that was truly the case, I do think Sean Marks or Joe Sy should have been able to get an answer out of Kevin Durant enough to say, hey, if we play hardball with Kyrie, are you going to stay? And if he said, no, I need Kyrie to be yeah. here, he would have been here on a max contract. They would have got anything he wanted. I'll even double down on this. Like we, we, it, when these rumors first started, we're pretty uh, confident in our supposition that that was the case. That you know, Marks and, and Josiah don't even start playing hardball unless they have <clears throat> a pretty good piece of evidence to suggest that KD is not going to just go AWOL the second they start pushing back. Like for all the people out in that's Twitter and all that stuff who are like, you're gonna, KD is gonna get super triggered and leave like insta leave um you guys need to you know sharpen up your elbows okay because someday you're gonna be at the negotiating table boys <laughs> and and you gotta you know you gotta have your story straight and your levers to pull um like like all all have that all planned out because you know when you go to war and you play a game of chicken you can't back out of the last second because riffraff about kd 
<laughs> leaving is out, so many, out in the like, news. Just a lot of folksy shit. You're like Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. Like Kendrick, I love Perk because he just like he'll say like five cliches yeah. all on top of each other, and they're not, none of them are completed. It's all like puzzle pieces to one large cliche. But I, I at least um, say them with my cliche voice, like sharpen up your elbows. You know? Yeah, like I, I acknowledge it on some level. Yeah. Um. Because there's two different lines of reporting about KD maybe asking for a trade. There's one is that KD would force for a trade. There was another one that KD was wanted to see from management what their plan would be if Kyrie left. And I think that was the more accurate one. It was like Kevin Durant just wanted to hear like, okay, if we're going to get rid of Kyrie, does that mean we get, you know, Russell Westbrook? I don't want that. Or does it mean we get... I don't know, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. I, I know that was never rumored, but I'm just making up fake stuff, which is the whole point of this podcast, to make up fake stuff. Um, so I think Durant was ultimately going to be okay if Kyrie left if it meant that this team could still improve. He would not... The reason why... Like, the Nets could have taken Russell Westbrook back. Well, Kevin Durant would absolutely did not want that. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a middle ground there. I'm... I'm okay with Kevin Durant's role in all this. Good. I'm ultimately okay because it worked out. The Nets have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Joe and Ben Josiah and Ben Simmons potentially playing basketball. Um, so we're we should be okay. On that. Do one more. Anything else? And this is shout out to uh, Fire Billy King, who actually you know started an email called FireBillyKing at gmail dot com. Shout out to so you can go hit him up um, there. I, I think it's a, an email. <laughs> Should I just stalk him? Was that not right? People, no, no, no. People don't want to hear this, but I, I've talked to Billy King a couple of times. Just a sweet guy. Yeah, just great nice, guy. I see you guys in the DMs guy. going back and forth. That's yeah. one of Mike's uh, sauces. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <clears throat> with so this is <laughs> one of my sources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Fire Billy King says, uh, with Kyrie opting in, the Nets are expected to have a team salary of one hundred ninety million dollars this upcoming season. This is the most expensive. This is more expensive than any roster from last season, and is likely the most expensive roster in the NBA this season. If the Nets were to keep this up, uh, if the Nets were to keep this up the following seasons. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Nets will start to fall into the repeater tax, and Sai will be looking at a loss of hundreds of millions per year. I'm sure Sai isn't happy with the thought of hundreds of millions of, uh, in losses to have a first round sweep and the Kyrie headache. Unless this team wins a chip or gets close this year, I think Ir- uh, Irving is not extended, and we will see Mark's blood up next season. Sorry, I don't know why this is so have hard. Have you There's- ever read words before? Yeah, I know. It's getting. <laughs> There's like weird spaces and stuff in this one. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> The Nets are winners because, one, they have a roster that can compete for a championship this year. Two, they have quality talent to put around Ben Simmons to keep his confidence and value up. Three, Marks gets a year to recalibrate this team to put Nets in best position if they need to blow it up. Irving is a winner because he gets $36 million. Irving is a loser because he lost in the game of chicken. Hey, I just said that. Um, so, uh, Mike. So, yeah. But yeah. Do you want to talk about Ben Simmons at all? I do... This I, I I does it good for bad or bad for like what would have been a better situation Ben Simmons to play with Kyrie and Kevin Durant on a uh, like a competitor or to have the team completely blown up around him but expectations are zero and he's like he can do whatever he wants on the floor do you know what I mean like there's something I'm sure in Ben Simmons where he'd be like it would be nice if I played on a bad team and I could live in Brooklyn. I put up num nums, and I there's really no pressure on me. Yeah, but on the other hand, 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to make his life a lot easier. So are Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Like that starting lineup potentially. Yeah. Or, you know, lineup of death is pretty tasty. Can I say this too? Like just from a podcast perspective and in terms of actually when it comes time to talk about basketball at a high level um, with mm-hmm. our giant brains, you know, I'm excited to see the Ben Simmons experiment. You know, it's a lot more fun and interesting uh, of a, an X factor than running out James Harden for year three or whatever on and increasingly yeah, declining. A, yeah. He's a super fun player. If he's not in his head, mm-hmm. he is a six ten ball handler who could take a rebound off the defensive end and take it all the way to the offensive end. He finds shooters. He's a really dynamic ball handler, passer, big man. Like it's it he is ultra fun. Like I, I joked about it, but during the draft they perk compared, I think, Paolo Bencaro to Ben Simmons on some level, and they showed Ben Simmons highlights, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's why he's special. Yeah. You know, hopefully he plays and his back is good and his mind is right. You know, there's so we I, should we like make um should we just make a deal where like we stop putting qualifiers on? No, no. I feel like we could, the qualifiers no. are are important, you know, because people take <laughs> people rip stuff out of context all the time, and if you don't don't like, re, like go back from five minutes ago and put some qualifiers on stuff, then then you're in trouble out there, Mike. This is new media, baby. Um, moment of positivity is th- this team will remain competitive. I'm not going to say they're a championship contender. I'm not going to do the Chris Mannix thing. No shots at Chris. But it's like they will remain competitive and interesting. And this team will have Kevin Durant, which in and of itself is like just a phenomenal joy. Um, And also, if like, let's say Ben Simmons is mentally like happy with basketball and wants to play, Kyrie could be in and out of the lineup. Like, and if I could just watch Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, and whoever, Nick Claxton, by the way, Winhurst is reporting that Nick Claxton is most likely going to come back. There's an agree- there's not an agreement. There's an understanding is how he de- defined it. You know, I'm, I'm excited to watch that basketball team. Yeah. And then, you know, p- pet project, like in terms of meshing personalities, I'd love it if like Kyrie could, you know, instead of isolating himself, get into a little bit of like, you know, basketball mentorship role, get, get Ben Simmons confidence back up. Kyrie's a sensational athlete. He's an incredibly confident basketball player. Let's see. have a little bit of that rub off on, on old Benny, you know, let's, let's get him. Let's turn him. Mm. This, I know. Uh, I know you don't want to. I don't do, want any Kyrie pixie dust on, on Benny Simmons. Okay. I think the confidence pixie dust minus the Illuminati pixie dust. If that's possible, which it may not be, but <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll do quick winners and losers. I'll run through loser Kyrie. Duh, <laughs> Kevin Durant's a winner. You know, you're just not taking this advice to heart about about not dancing on. He got clown. <laughs> he got clown. He went to Paris yeah. to clown school and came out <laughs> with makeup on his Rough. face. Uh, losers, all the fake trade maestros. I mean, how much fun could we have had with? Kyrie fake trades, Kevin Durant fake trades, Ben Simmons fake trades. We're all losers in that. Can I ask you? I have, I have one question for you. Okay. Is Steve Nash a winner or a loser because of this? Steve Nash is playing soccer. I mean, if, if we're talking soccer, he's a winner. And <laughs> that's that's what he is right now, what what Kyrie is to flag football. Like, I don't know what he's doing or what his, you know, his, his vibe is. Um, I'm frankly surprised that he's – <laughs> signed back up for another year of this um but 
you know, we it, there was like some pretty heavy reporting to begin this offseason that like that was enough of the um of, of the, the experience there. So uh, I I don't know I don't know what do you make of it. On one hand, he has a much better team. He has Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons, ultimately. On the other hand, it's just the expectations are going to be super high. And he, Steve Nash, he's the guy who's left. Like Even though the negotiation was Joe Sy and Sean Marks saying, Kyrie, you're just going to get the opt-in, it, Steve Nash is the guy who has to clean it up. Yeah. like He's the guy who's going to have to talk to Kyrie every day keep him motivated or keep him his mind sort of focused on the larger team ethic. Mm-hmm. It won't be Sean Marks and it won't be Joe Sai. So it's like Steve Nash is like, mm, you know, I would like to be just, I would like a, a nice calm team. Yeah. You know, and he has absolute chaos. Maybe, agents. You know, and I'm sort of think like, <sighs> this is again, dime store psychology. I may as well just stitch it to my head at this point, but on some level, you know, um, engaging with Kyrie's stuff, going on some Socratic walks, you know, kind of blending their, you know, Steve Nash's enthusiasm for outdoors, outdoor sports, <laughs> and and Kyrie's, you know, just interest in 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 thinking and pontificating and things like that. You know, let's let's get a Socratic walk club together on the Nets squad and, <laughs> and try to blend this thing because we got to stack some W's oh, here this season. Like, we gotta... I would not want to hear that. I would not. <laughs> Would, Socratic Walk Club? Come on, like Kyrie. I would not want to hear that, dude. Oh, uh, you guys God. are too. You guys are impatient. You know, I should be the coach of this team. Send me up. Can we just? I, I know we didn't really talk about this enough. How again? How weird the thing he texted Tom Choms was that he was out. The the announcement that he, that is such. It's such an odd <laughs> statement, man. It's like, like what are you talking? Ugh. Well, we have him for another year. Mike, and I'll say, you, hey, Mike, the only reason you don't get it is because you're normal, buddy. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> loser. <laughs> That's a good way to end the show. <laughs> Wait, um, I want to shout out to some people we didn't get to because Robbie Rose yes. and Rob O'Grady and Matthew Abramovitz. Well, and, yeah. What's that? We're going to do more podcasts. Yeah. So a bunch of people emailed us and we couldn't get to you. I'm so sorry. Can't, Kenny Frank, I'm looking at you. Some Kello. A lot of people. Uh, we'll get you next time. Uh, Mike, do you want to, what's our handles and all that? Discord.gg slash glue guys. Hop in there. That's where all the spiciest takes are, people. If you're not there, you're missing out on unfiltered, un- uncensored, yeah, unhinged that's Brian, where Brian takes. Works out that's where I tweets. workshop my tweets. Um, and a lot of them hit the cutting room floor, let me tell you, because they're too spicy. <laughs> um, and so, And also, the link to that is in the YouTube description below and in the Twitter bio, which is at PKGlueGuys. NetsDaily.com is where you can find the, some of the best Nets coverage in the world. Athletic.com. Get behind that paywall. Um, we're going to what's next things are up where we're, we're going to talk about filling out the roster. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons. Ah, Howard Dean. We're out of here. Thanks, everybody. Bye, bye, bye.